and it's like crazy, but it's also really amazing to have kind of my hands on every part of the world. I really enjoy the moments in the fitting room where you get that connection and you can help the actor create the character and it happens like right before your eyes. I've seen a lot of positive change already and I'm hoping that something that continues to grow. Hello and welcome to the Theatre Art Life podcast, sponsored by Harlequin Floors, the world leader in floors, stage systems and studio equipment for the performing arts. Our podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Anna Rob. Today I'm talking to Stephanie Baniak, who is an Ukrainian-Canadian theatre designer originally from Edmonton, Canada, and now resides in Brooklyn, New York. Stephanie is a graduate of the Masters of Fine Arts and Design program at the Yale School of Drama and a recipient of the J. Keane and Jean Griffin Keane Prize in Costume Design. She is the Artistic Associate of Pyretic Productions and recently designed the world premieres of Alina and Michael Mysterious with the company. She is currently the Costume Department Coordinator for And Just Like That, the Sex and the City reboot for HBO. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. That's uh, it's really interesting. So you've worked in theatre and in TV and you don't just do one thing from looking at your website. You've done lighting, you've done set design and costumes. So let's just reverse a little bit. Why were you drawn to work in entertainment and how did you get into those three disciplines? Yeah, so I um, grew up dancing. I was a competitive dancer. I actually did mostly Ukrainian dance and then also had some training in ballet and contemporary and musical theatre. Yeah, I started dancing when I was three years old. My parents put me in dance because I was like a really clumsy child and they thought that would probably help with that. <laughs> um, and then I, I just kind of stuck with it and I um, ended up dancing well into my um, late 20s and I was um, actually professionally with the Ukrainian Shubka Dancers, which is a company based in Edmonton, Alberta, where uh, my hometown is. So we, I actually had the opportunity to tour internationally and across Canada with the company and really fell in love with being in the theater. And through that, I kind of also discovered theater in high school. And my high school actually had an incredible after school program where the students designed and directed and did all of the roles involved in the theater productions there. And so I think um, I was always interested in fine art and painting and drawing as a kid. So I think when I found costume design, it was kind of like all of the world's meeting between my dance background and being a performer and then also um, my interest in fine art. And I also had always had a really big interest in fashion and was fascinated with um, the way people dress and kind of how they choose, um, how they present themselves to the world. Uh, so I kind of found a love for it right back in high school. And then after high school, I had applied to the University of Alberta, uh, which is the university in Edmonton. And in Canada, the industry is a little different than the American industry um, because it's smaller and it's more um, like, I guess, the industry in the UK where designers often do multiple elements. So when I did my undergraduate training, I, I trained in set lighting and costume design equally. So I kind of had experience with all three of those elements. And I really love being able to kind of take on more than one element and really craft the world. Um, I do a lot of production design when I'm in Canada. So I'll do set lighting costume for one production and it's like crazy but it's also really amazing to have kind of my hands on every part of the world yeah so it's a little bit different once I did transition my career into the U.S. and kind of focus more specifically on costume design but I kind of do a variety of things and also work in tv and film as well yeah that's amazing and so 
mostly when you've come to the States, is it been into the TV realm or have you done theatrical work in the States as well? Yeah, so when I did my master's at Yale, it was only theater. Um, it's a very kind of classical training there. Uh, a lot of Shakespeare, um, a lot of theater history and costume history. Yeah, and it's just, it, that was kind of my focus. Um, I, I wasn't ever interested in doing film and TV when I had originally had my plan to come to the U.S. and go to grad school. Um, I spent three really crazy years at Yale only doing theater productions and designing mostly costumes, but a little bit of set and lighting as well. But I actually was a graduate of the class of 2020. (laughs) So I graduated right into the pandemic. Like I missed my last eight weeks of school. And so being an international student in the US, I was kind of, I had a year to work because if you do any kind of training in the US, you get a one year visa. And so I was kind of stuck and I was like, well, I don't really want to spend any time moving home. And I didn't know like what would happen, like if I would get stuck in Canada for a long period of time because of the pandemic. And so I was like, I think I'm just going to have to go to New York and do what I can to make it work. And those the visa is interesting because the visas will have restrictions where you can't be unemployed for a certain amount of time. So I kind of just by chance fell into TV and I started as a production assistant on Pose actually was my first job, which is an incredible costume show. So I was really grateful to be involved in that. And then I've just kind of been doing mostly TV in the last couple of years and doing some theater on the side and in Canada, just because of the way the industry has been just graduating right into the pandemic like that. Yeah. Well, it's totally about survival at that point, right? <laughs> it's like, get a job, get, do whatever. And it's all, you know, I think whatever genre you work in anyway, gives you food and education as you go through your career. I think it's, it's interesting to swing into that uh, realm of work because it's 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 still entertainment it's just a different thread right yeah and so for those who don't work in the television realm what does a costume department coordinator do yeah so I um I kind of do a bit of everything uh it's a really interesting position I guess it could be similar to like a costume shop manager almost in theater because I kind of am the person who it's in communication with all the departments and making sure that everyone has what they need in order to continue within the process of design or shooting or whatever is on the schedule. Um, so I have a, I have a, right now on the show, I have six PAs and an intern. So I have a big team of PAs that I get to manage and kind of, I, I'm, a, I'm a part of their everyday workflow and they're always in the world, like picking things up and, and taking shoppers around. So I'm a bit of that. I, I interact with the design team a lot and kind of provide them with anything they need as well as the assistant um, costume designers. And then I'm also available to the wardrobe team, which is like a completely different department in TV almost because they're more of like hands-on um, with the clothes and on set. And then I do a lot of um, interaction with, especially on and just like that, which is something I, I never ha- got to do before the show, but I do a lot of interaction with the PR brands we get like a ton of PR pieces in. And so I manage kind of the incoming and outgoing of that and receiving that. And yeah, which is kind of cool. I, it, we obviously get a ton of luxury fashion, which is not something I ever had access to in theater because of the budgets and just like the way the clothes are used. It's so much harder to like put like luxury fashion on stage and have it go through a run. But obviously for TV, it's only shot for like maybe one day or two days. So it's kind of, it's kind of insane. Um, right now we're getting like a ton of stuff in right at the beginning of the season. So I kind of am, I'm managing that and interacting with the reps from all of those brands, which is really, really fascinating. So. 
And is that uh, did the designer? This is just me being you know, like curious. Is the designer sort of getting a collection for the season, and they decide each set, set, like each scene, which one it goes, or is it, or is it the design of that scene is, accompanies the the costume? Does that make sense? Is it, do you understand that question? Yeah, it's kind of both. Um, in TV specifically, which is something I've never experienced in theater, is they build closets for the characters. And like some for some theater productions, that does happen if the character is going to have like a wide range of clothing. But yeah, they, they really focus, especially on the beginning of the season, to build these closets to pull from. And so obviously the, the three characters, like Charlotte, Miranda, and Carrie, are iconic characters. And they have a very specific style. Uh, so often, like, they'll pull from certain brands based on the character's style and just kind of build a wardrobe of things to choose from throughout the season because we don't always know what's coming, which is the other thing that's different about TV. We don't have, like, set scripts right from the beginning all the time. So we kind of have to, like, be prepared for anything <laughs> because it's, like, ongoing development of the story and the plot line as the season is shooting, so... Yeah, and like you said, unlike theatre where you're washing it, drying it, and putting it back on stage the next day or every second day, it's 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 one one shot that you're off, isn't it? And so, yeah, oh, that's really an interesting. And I guess in that kind of show, they're not seen wearing the same stuff twice ever. <laughs> no, not really. Other than like in the in the first season, and maybe for season two, I'm not sure yet. We got to pull some of like the archive pieces that were originally in Carrie's closet in the first season. Mm-hmm. So that's like the only time that things really like return. Because otherwise, they're like, yeah. the audiences are expecting like the best fashion and like new things in every scene. So yeah, so there's always there's so much incoming clothing. There's so much clothes coming in. It's like more than clothes than I've ever seen before. <laughs> <laughs> and so, when you, how do you think that's going to then influence when you, if you go back to theater and your design, is there going to be anything that you learned from this TV world that you you want to take back into the theater? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure yet. Like it is like a budget thing, like theater. It's it's just, they're totally different requirements in both of the fields. And I guess I never really realized how different they were until I kind of dove into TV. Um, I mean, you're, if you're a designer, you're going to be able to design in both industries, but the, the process of it is so, so different. I think it's really, I feel really grateful to be on a show like this because I would have never gotten kind of the education about luxury fashion and designer fashion and brands and like what it means to interact with those, that kind of high level of clothing. I think it's a really good thing to have in my wheelhouse because I have so much of a, a education and knowledge of theater history and period costume and clothing. So it feels like I'm kind of a bit rounding out that. And I mean, it's always going to be useful because there's so many modern shows, I think, in the theater right now, especially I think coming out of COVID and like budgets are tighter. A lot of people will go towards dressing more modern characters more often. So it's, it's really cool to be able to see the process of a design team um, who kind of specializes in dressing these modern characters and also kind of being trend setting. Like they kind of set the trends once these episodes premiere, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's not just a costume in that in that kind of show, right? Because other other cost, other TV shows, the costume is merely the accessory to that character, whereas fashion drives that particular show. You know, people like you said carries iconic looks. And what was that in the first season that drink the the drink they always used to drink and stuff? You know, like yeah, the, there were certain things they did that people embodied after that, which is that's crazy when you think about it, isn't it? <laughs> I've never worked on something where like the paparazzi photos are such a thing. Like I would see looks for the first time last season because we'd see them on the internet. 
because <laughs> they were trying yeah. to take shots of them in between takes on set. So it's kind of crazy. That's crazy. So yeah. for you in terms of design, say, for example, for costume, what, 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 what's your sort of process when you – do you have a like a unique process when you think about designing costumes for a show when you're talking in a theatrical world and and especially when you're talking about something that you're doing costume set and lighting mm-hmm. I mean I guess you'd start are you going to start with the costumes are you going to start with the set like what's that process for you I think often in, when I'm doing a production design like that I'll, it, it the kind of process is like set costumes and then lighting at the end I think the set is really important to like establish the world that these characters are going to live within and the palette and the textures involved because I think the clothes play off of that so much and obviously you want the actors to really pop from the background and the world that is surrounding them um so I always personally start with set to kind of get the feeling and the vibe of the show and communicate that and then and then find the characters within that a lot of the production design I've been doing recently is with um Pyretic Productions which is um a Canadian company uh, who I've been working with for about five years. And I think I've done three world premieres with them. And we're about to remount a show that we've done a couple of times. And I, I'm really, really close with the director. And we have a really specific process now that we've been working together for so long. And so we always kind of, the ground plan is really important to me to establish first. And kind of, uh, oftentimes, we were, it's an independent theater company. So we're working in smaller theaters and often black box theaters. Um, so it's kind of like starting with almost no limitations and also having to communicate a lot about the world in a small space. So we'll often start with the ground plan, ground plan and kind of see what makes the most sense about the way the show is going to flow and the movement and the action within the script. And then kind of talk about textures and materials. And oftentimes the research comes from like real world photography and yeah, and so it's important to kind of build that up first and then dive into what the individual characters are going to wear. Oftentimes the pieces that I do with them take place in a, a lot of different locations and, and a, over a period of time, but they're so fast moving that it's not um, a situation where you can do a million costume changes. So for me, it's really about distilling um, and communicating to the audience who that specific character is really quickly and then also finding them a look and a silhouette that can kind of play with the changes in, within the, the script and how the character moves through the space. And then lighting kind of always comes at the end to kind of um, carve out both of those elements, the scenic design and the costume design. And now a moment for our sponsor. The Theatre Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by Harlequin. Harlequin is the world leader in floors, stage systems and studio equipment for the performing arts. Established in the UK over 40 years ago, Harlequin is the preferred performance floor for the world's most prestigious dance and performing arts companies, theatres and schools. From the Royal Opera House to the Bolshoi Theatre, the New York City Ballet to the Royal New Zealand Ballet. Harlequin's experience and reputation are founded on the development, manufacture and supply of a range of high quality sprung and vinyl floors specifically designed for dance and the performing arts. Backed by an engineering team and independent research, Harlequin also designs, builds and refurbishes stages working with stage engineers and theatre consultants in leading venues across the world. Harlequin is the global leader in its field with offices in Europe, the Americas and Asia-Pacific. Find out more at harlequinfloors.com, H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N floors.com. Does your dance background influence and support that process for you as a designer, do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely does. 
I think I always approach a script like looking at movement first. And I think that's a really important topic for me when I'm starting a process with a director. I want to know what kind of thing they're, co- they're trying to communicate in terms of where on where in the space do they see the characters? Are they more stationary? Are they moving around a lot? Is there going to be choreography within the show? What are important places on the set for the character to land? Um, so yeah, I think I, I come at it very much from a movement perspective to start. And I think that always helps the development of the ground plan. And it just helps the show make more sense, I think, if you start it from a place where you're already thinking about visually how are these characters inhabiting the space? Mm, that's really interesting. Do you have a like a project, a job, or a gig that you is your dream project to do? A show, a particular play, or a show that you wanna you wanna have on the stage at some point? I I feel like I get asked this question, and I I just have no idea. <laughs> I'm kind of like I I for me the thing that I love the most about theater is the collaboration aspect of it. That's why I keep going back to theater is because I feel like I develop really deep working relationships with the teams. And for me, the dream, the dream show is just being able to work with a director and a team who is so respectful of each other and is able to just exchange ideas really fluidly um, and kind of push each other to, to kind of create something bigger than we ever kind of initially thought. I don't know. And I I guess like I haven't really done like any huge musical. So I think I would always like hope to do something um, challenging like that. I think that a lot of my career has been like smaller shows. Like when I'm in Canada, these are a lot of like more low budget, like kind of scrappy shows. And so I think doing something that's like um, a bigger musical or period musical that requires really to follow through with many looks for the characters would be something that would be a a kind of dream of mine. I don't I don't really have a particular show in mind because I'm really like open to anything. Like I love that every show that I take on is a new challenge and requires me to do like research and dive into like a completely different world each time. And I think that's like what's so what's what's always just kept me in theater. Even even though it's like not as glamorous as TV and the budgets aren't as big, I always just like love the process of starting with nothing each time and then problem solving and just like facing that challenge head on to kind of create this like beautiful experience for an audience in, in the end. Yeah. Well, it's a great answer. Cause I do think like designers by their very nature, it doesn't necessarily need to be that show or that show or that show as long as they're creating it's, it's mm-hmm. the happy place, you know? Yeah. And definitely. so, um, but I also think that, you know, you know, I think it's really important never to belittle low budget shows because I think, in a low-budget show is where you have to be the most creative, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to find that look and feel within limited amount of money. And I've always been quite astounded when when people have made something out of, you know, if it's the right light with the right set piece, with the right mm-hmm. costume. Mm-hmm. It, it could be, you know, $500,000 or it could be 50 bucks if you do it right, right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree and with that. Yeah, you learn to be resourceful, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So when you come to lighting design, so you do you also sort of in those sort of shows that end up, you couldn't possibly do the programming and stuff as well, right? Like how does that work? Do you have somebody that does that? Or? Yeah, I often will have a technician in the theater who will be up on the board for me and kind of program each of the looks. So often I'm on headset 
and kind of sitting in the audience and looking at it from the audience perspective while they program things um, on the board, which is a great, it's a, it's an interesting process because it's very collaborative in that way too. They kind of have to like be able to, you have to have really clear communication and be able to kind of like speak your vision to them. And they, especially if there's any special effects or any specific things. Um, and oftentimes when I, when I do lighting design with a technician, I've never met them before going into the theater. So it's an interesting working relationship in that way. Yeah. And, and I also, I, I think personally, I'm a little bit of a difficult lighting designer <laughs> because I really, I don't really like to pre-plan. I know lighting designers who have like all of these like charts and like they've mapped up the entire show and have really detailed cues and ideas for every single moment in the show. But I'm a lot more organic in my design approach with lighting because I really again I think it comes from a dancer background is I really like to kind of feel the movement of the show in the moment with the actors and use that to kind of inspire moments within the lighting design and have the lighting design move with them I think is really important to me like I, I I don't necessarily like it doesn't help me to get all that planning done on paper because I really just want to be in tech in the room with the bodies in order to kind of like carve them out within the space. So I think some technicians may like hate me for that because I'm constantly changing things and developing the show until the very last second um, that I'm able to make changes. But I think it always ends up to be really effective in the end because the lighting is able to respond to the actors and vice versa. Well, it's nothing quite like the visceral experience of seeing that in reality, like you said, as much as you can plan the the reality of standing in the theater in an audience seat and seeing what you you see i mean there has to be some kind of level of adaptation in that sense so it sounds like an interesting process and so with uh pyretic productions so you so you are you just like a regular you're a regular member of that that company is that correct and so every time they do a show you're involved in the process yeah, so I'm kind of their resident designer and an artistic associate of the company. Um, it's run by a husband and wife team who, yeah, I've met about five years ago and they approached me with a project just knowing that I was Ukrainian and it, it was a project that was about in Ukrainian in theme. And so, and then we just love working together. So I've been working to the, um, with them on every single one of their projects since. And it's like, yeah, it's a really special relationship for me. Um, I think it's one that, you develop, you have to develop over time of like complete trust. And it's really special when you find a director who kind of wants you to do everything you can imagine, but also will tell you when you're completely wrong, (laughs) which uh, um, always ends up in the best product in the end. Uh, So yeah, I really enjoy working with them. Uh, Do you have family in Ukraine right now? I have distant family. Um, not any immediate family that I've been in touch with. I have, I did have one cousin, I guess she's like a distant cousin. She's my grandmother's cousin's uh, granddaughter. So she and I were in touch before the war happened. Um, and she, I actually, myself and my cousin actually helped facilitate her coming to Canada. So she actually moved to Canada a couple weeks ago um, and is in Edmonton currently. I haven't ever met her in person, but I'm going to be home in September. So it'll be really great to be able to connect with her when I am home. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Uh, it must be so difficult to see your heritage and the, the situation going on over there. So uh, I'm hoping it's resolved soon. 
So there's two more questions that we we ask everybody on our podcast. So I would like you to tell us what is your favorite part about your job? I think specifically as a costume designer, the reason I kind of have always gravitated more towards costume design than set and lighting is because of the interaction that the costume... I feel like the costume designer just has more collaboration than other um, designers because they get that one-on-one time with the actors. And although actors can be a little bit hard sometimes to deal with because they have such a process of their own, I really enjoy the moments in the fitting room where you get that connection and you can help the actor create the character. And it happens like right before your eyes. And like, there's no better compliment than being in a fitting and an actor being like, this is the character. I've never seen them before this moment. Like you have helped me unlock who this person is and like their posture changes and they, you can just see the character come out of them. I think that is something I always work towards as a costume designer. And it's just like a really special moment. And then also like the moment when the actors all come on stage for the first time in clothes at um, dress rehearsal or in tech. And everyone's like, oh my God, like the show is just a brand new thing for me because these characters have come alive. I think is so special. That's really cool. Makes me want to do costume design. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And our second question is, if you could change one thing about the industry or your job, what would that be? Well, I think we're going through an interesting time right now in terms of the industry is shifting. And I think there are a lot of things that people are demanding and um, trying to improve within it after the pandemic. And it's interesting being in both industries and seeing how the different roles um, are treated And I think particularly for costume designers and females within the industry, we aren't always given the same kind of respect as the more male dominated aspects of these productions. And also being even specifically being a costume coordinator, it's the it's the lowest paid union job. And I think that we're all trying to work right now for more pay equity and more recognition of these positions. Um, And I think I've seen a lot of positive change already. And I'm hoping that's something that continues to to grow um, and shift. And so I think that is like the one thing that can be really frustrating about being a costume designer is just sometimes there's just a little bit of a lack of respect for that specific um, department. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing the changes that are happening. You do bring that up. It's a quite a pertinent point because I remember somebody saying this to me in the last couple of weeks about the, the, the rates for costume design was a lot lower than say other other design aspects of a production and then why like why <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and it, it, a lot of it comes down to maybe historical precedent or whatever but it's really interesting to me to see that like you said it's an important topic to have those discussions now put a spotlight on on okay wh- why are these roles uh paid less whether they be male or female anyway just but but also yeah that's an interesting point. Well, I wish you all the best, Stephanie, and thank you so much for joining us on Theatre Art Life. And um, I will be looking forward to seeing uh, and just like that on television so I can see your work in action. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. And for all of our Theatre Art Life podcast listeners, we have a announcement to make regarding the Theatre Art Life podcast. We are inviting a new podcast co-host to join us on our interviewing adventures around the world and her name is Kat Landry. She'll be joining us very soon in upcoming podcast recordings and we're really excited to have her as part of the interview gang. So Kat is a stage manager and a production manager from the United States 
With a love for many forms of live entertainment, she has experience in theatre, circus, dance, theme parks, cruise ships, concerts and international mega events. Since completing her work as a production manager on the World Expo in Dubai, she's joined Cirque du Soleil's Allegria Tour and can now be found calling shows over the big top in South Korea and Japan. Kat is passionate about cross-cultural collaboration and being a resource for other young female leaders. She is grateful to have built a career doing her favourite thing in the world, all over the world. Kat is a proud graduate of the Carnegie Mellon School of Drama and a certified project management professional. So we're really excited to have Kat join us and stay tuned to hear her on the airwaves. Theatre at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only 38 US dollars per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.